Welcome to Unbroken Jars. I'm Doug. And I'm Randy. And this is a podcast where we explore individuals' real-life stories and real faith. You're listening to Unbroken Jars, episode 29, Bigger Plans Than Mine. The light of Jesus shines through the darkness, and we carry this light in unbroken jars of clay. We have a life and a story about our faith journey, but we're not struck down or destroyed. Our stories shine the light on Jesus and His power. Our faith walk has forever been shaped by the life of one man. That's Jesus. Jesus continues to use these real-life stories of those around us to mold us. We dive into this world by investigating, interviewing, and walking alongside real people who share their stories, their faith stories of struggle, sin, joy, and victory, and how God is leading them will help shape your faith journey in unbroken jars of clay. Lucas Cagle is joining us today on the Unbroken Jars podcast. And I've known Lucas for several years. Um, actually, I was thinking about this when I when I started kind of writing out my notes. And uh, and you may not remember this, um, but the first time we met was actually on a scavenger hunt for the home builders class. Yeah. And we they we had just Jessica and I had just moved to town and we didn't know anybody. And then they separated us, girls and guys, <laughs> and they put me in this car with some redneck and a, a couple other like engineer type folk. <laughs> and boy, I connected with the redneck very quick, and that that was Lucas. And I don't know if you remember this, but strangely enough, um, that night one of the things we had to do was jump in a something, jump in some body of water and right. swim. Yeah. And you had an extra pair of pants, and I was like, I'll do it if somebody's. I, I need to change the clothes. And you're like, I got one in my truck. <laughs> so uh, Lucas and I have been friends for a long time, and I kind of watched his ki- kids grow up, and um, and we became friends and definitely connected over hunting and kind of like reconnected. Like uh, Jessica even said this year that it was like we were dating. <laughs> um, so uh, we spent a lot of time together hunting. Um but one of the things I will say about Lucas, and um, I've said this to him, he's a very faithful man. Uh, not perfect. None of us are. But I, f- I do feel like when I'm around you, you constantly turn me back to God because of your direction and your thought. And um, and I- I've seen God work in your life. I've heard about him working in your life. And I know that that's, that's important to you. And I know he's using you. So... Um, Lucas is a good friend of mine. I'm I'm glad he's here. Um, I know that you will be blessed by his faith journey. So, uh, thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. And I was trying to think about our connection. I think you might have been a senior at Madison Academy when my kids get, we trans we moved up here from Dothan and they started going there. I think you maybe you were a senior when Jonathan and Becca started. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, that was back at the old campus. The old campus. Yes. Yes. And then, then coming coming here with your your family uh, and the kids, seeing them grow up, and 
just appreciate not only you but your brother and his family and your dad and mom they they, they really are good people and we're, we're thankful that you're willing to share part of your story uh-huh. thank you and i you're a big reason of, of why we chose mayfair you know our, our kids um i fell in love with you um and uh, it's unbelievable how many families are here because of of your your child ministry i mean that yeah. that is a huge part of, of what what brought us here to appreciate start that with. appreciate so. that thanks um i so normally um just because we don't know who all is listening to us not everybody will know who you are all the millions <laughs> out there that have listened <laughs> yeah, all, the, all the millions um so we usually start off like asking the person we're interviewing just to give us a little background on yourself like where you grew up at, a little bit about your early life, and um, and also maybe talk about how God played a, a part in that growing up, those growing up years uh, okay. with you. All right. Um, I was born and raised here in Huntsville. Um, we, uh, when my earliest memories of, of going to church, we were at West Huntsville Church Christ. Um, huh. I didn't know that. And um, my mom and dad, my aunt and uncle, <clears throat> both went to that church and um, so, you know, we were raised in, in that church family and coming up through the children's program and, and my mom taught Sunday school and, and mm-hmm. things at that church. Um, uh, we were really involved with the youth group, me and my brother, my parents, um, made sure that, um, you know, that we kind of went to everything. Uh, and it was a really good community. Like a lot of my friends were at church. Like that was where my friends were. I mean, I had mm. friends at school, but like the friends that I spent the night at their house and, and stuff, those were from church. And so that was, um, uh, that was really good. You know, you're around uh, Christian parents. And now as a parent, you know, I see how easy it was for my parents to let me go uh, and spend time with, with other families yeah. uh, because they knew them. Yeah. And um, so we had a really tight church family there. Um, was involved in uh, Camp Nayati, you know, from from. <laughs> Way back, my Uncle John was a huge uh, influence at Camp Nayati. He um, orchestrated all the skits and things like that, and he was really into the makeup and and all. And he <laughs> would do like dress up like uh, he dressed one of the guys up like Jesus one night, and they turned a canoe upside down, and it looked like he was standing on the water. <laughs> and he and he did a devo wow. uh, standing on the water out by the pier. It was awesome. That's I mean, pretty cool. Awesome, yeah, you still you know? remember? Yeah, I mean yeah. it was. Um, and so, I mean, we had some really good um, mentors, spiritual mentors. Of course, my mom, my dad. Um, my dad has been my best friend, you know, growing up through the years. And um, my dad is not a minister, preacher type guy. But now if you need anything done, uh, he's your guy. Yeah. I used to meet him. We would do coffee, you know, on Sundays. And he usually would come in with your mom. He always had a, a cool hat. He yeah. always had a cool hat with him. <laughs> And and uh, we would talk, but you know he's very kind of a quiet person. But really got to know him, visiting with him on Sunday mornings, and he's a neat guy. But uh, my I, dad has a huge heart; um, would do anything for anyone, and doesn't want anyone to know. That's great. So, that's great. so what? So you came up in the in the church. Uh, you also were a teenager. What was teenage years like for you? Uh, teenage years. I went to Central School out. Yeah, um, and uh, so school I, well. <laughs> and so I was in I was in public school there. And then when I <clears throat> got to high school, I wanted to play football. 
I never played football. We, we didn't watch football at my house. Um, I didn't know anything about it. Because it was hunting season. Sure, we hunted. <laughs> I mean, during during football season, we hunted. I we didn't, I wow. didn't I couldn't tell you any football players' names really. We didn't watch it. We didn't watch baseball. I mean, it was we hunted, fished. Yeah. And um, so um, when I went to to play football, they were picking kids up at the eighth grade and busting you over to the high school, and not knowing how to play football and going into that environment to learn how to play football would be like joining the Navy SEALs to learn how to dive <laughs> because, <laughs> because the coaches were, they were rough. They were rough. They expected you to know what you were doing. They would tell you things like read. Um, I didn't read well anyways, uh, <laughs> and I didn't know what they were talking about. You know? like, <laughs> so, not more work. Yeah. I thought I was getting out of yeah. that. And oh. so, I mean, you know, I was like, you know, young, small, you know, I, I was timid, didn't know anybody really. And um, yeah. my mom um, witnessed a coach just really rip into me one day. And uh, I didn't know this. I didn't know this for years. Um, and uh, they didn't mind cussing you out. And um, yeah. I'd never been cussed out like that. You know, my mom and dad didn't talk to me that way. Um, you know, I, he didn't get spoke to like that. Yeah. Um, it's not how I was raised. And, um, you know, I've, I've been chewed out plenty of times, never cussed out. Right. Um, and yeah. uh, my mom made a decision right then that she wanted me to go to Madison Academy. If I was going to play football, she wanted me to play for George Bennett. And uh, I'd known George since uh, Coach Bennett. I'm not going to call him George. He'll kill me. <laughs> um, um, but Coach Bennett had – I'd known him since my whole life. I don't remember not knowing Coach Bennett. Uh -huh. uh, his wife and my mom were Bonco um, oh, yeah. friends. Oh, they oh, yeah. You know, they did had the girls' trip to the beach and things like that sure. earlier. Yeah. And um, I knew he was a football coach. Um, but he was – Everybody called him Coach Bennett, even at church. I Me, mean, called him Coach Bennett. But um, I've seen that man as mad as anybody in this world. I've never heard him say a curse word, never. Huh. Mm. Um, and um, great coach, great mentor. Um, well, he'll make you tough. Yeah, that's for mm. sure. Mm. So uh, I got to go to Madison Academy. My parents worked it out. I couldn't really believe it because it wasn't. Um, you know, my my dad, he worked for the fire department. And he had you know other jobs that he that he worked, and the thought of going to private school, I, I you know, sure, we didn't we didn't get to go to private school. You know, I mean, it wasn't something that we really considered. You were a girly kid. Yeah, yeah, and um, not a girly G I right. G U right or yeah, and uh, and I'd gone there for like pre K and kindergarten, and then we'd gone to public school, and so uh, the tuition. You know, I mean, oh, it's, shoot, yeah. and, um, and so my mom, uh, took a job at the school, uh, like substitute teaching and, and things like that. And so, uh, the sacrifice that she made, you know, so because she had stayed at home with us, um, my dad had, had worked and, and made sure that she got to stay home with us. And, um, yeah. um, so it was it was a privilege. It was funny. I came to Madison Academy and, and at the old campus, a lot of the guys that came in from public school, it wasn't their choice. Yeah. <laughs> and so um fortunately I knew a lot of people there. I went to church with them. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of people that I'd gone to church with and, and knew through the through the church. Um and so uh, it was a easy transition. Um and 
you know, having chapel and having Bible class, it was it was good. I, I enjoyed um, Madison Academy. Yeah. Mm. So so you kind of made the transition out. So somewhere in the middle of this, somewhere along the way, you met Kate because mm. Kate didn't go to Madison Academy. No, she didn't. So you you're working outside of your your gene pool here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I had to find somebody that didn't know me. <laughs> so you could trick them a little bit. That's right. That's right. I could sell her on some other facts. <laughs> um, so how did you and Kate wind up getting together? Uh, me and one of my cousins, <clears throat> we would, um, yeah, I'd spend the night at his house. He'd spend the night at my house. We were really close. Mm. And um, we would go uh, ice skating at the Iceplex down here oh, on yeah. I, at one of the nights when you could go and it was cheap and, you know, kid, mom, dad drop you off and you'd skate for a few hours trying to key yourself and they'd pick you up, you know. <laughs> and we we met some some other friends down there and actually my cousin knew her and, and before I did. And I met her and, you know, I got her phone number and, we, you know, we were just friends. We were in like seventh grade, seventh, eighth grade. Uh, okay. And, um, and it was funny because my wife was had grown up Catholic. And, oh, yeah. and and actually, her and I had talked about that even when we were young and sort of had, you know, just not going to say arguments, but just, you know, talked about our different. I didn't know anything about Catholicism. I didn't. Sure. I'd never been a Catholic. Church. Sure. I knew the guy wore the funny collar. That was, that was <laughs> it. It's like, I can pick out that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so uh, we met there and we were friends and knew each other. We'd talk on the phone and things like that. And, um, but, um, had sort of lost touch, uh, you know, it just, I, I didn't, um, didn't see her for a long time because we quit ice skating. I tore my knee up down there and swore it off. I'd never go back. So, you tore your knee up ice man, skating? Man, I did. I, I had a pretty good little wreck ice skating and, uh, it broke me from wanting to ice skate anymore. Now you weren't doing the twirls and all that. Is no, that jumping I, and twirling? I saw some guys doing the hockey stop, you know, like sliding to the stop. Oh. And I thought, man, that looks cool. And so I thought, I'm going to try it. Mm. Turns out you better know a little something about hockey stopping <laughs> before you try it. So it uh, didn't work out for me. Uh, so, um, so Kate, so how did y'all wind up? Well, getting um, back together. And- when I was in high school, there was a um, there was a a place that was um, uh, called Rodeos. And it's a nightclub. I hate to say it, but it is. But <laughs> line, on, line dancing, line dancing. Yeah, it was on yeah. on Sunday. Randy knows it. Yeah. He's been there. Did, well, have you seen him there? <laughs> probably. <laughs> no, John, I know Jonathan. A couple. Of, I knew about it through them. But it was on <laughs> Sunday nights. You could go down, or it might be Saturday night. I, I think it was Sunday night because they put these giant X's on your hand, which showed that you weren't twenty-one. Yeah. yeah. And 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 all the kids went down there and line danced. Yeah. And I mean, it was which. My parents had told me, had eventually had told me I couldn't go and I'd have to sneak the, you know, fast orange in my truck to try to get it <laughs> off my hands and stuff. But, um, like, why do you smell like a, uh, yeah, a fast like, orange stuff? And a cigarette, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> back in those days, you could smoke indoors. Oh, yeah. Uh, and everybody but, did. Yeah. But uh, we were at rodeos one night and my cousin was with me and he said, hey, Kate Krepko's over there. And I was like, really? I hadn't seen her in years. You know, and so I went over and, and talked to her and we just kind of, you know, caught up. And then um, I think I'd asked her to dance like slow dance. And then they had the whole barn dance where you get in the circle and you just change partners. Oh, yeah. The song. And uh, I got her number. She had moved to Athens 
And because um, she'd gone to Johnson for a little while, you know, over oh, here. Yeah. That was the neighborhood she was from. Mm. And um, her mom was teaching at Athens and they were living over there. So I got her phone number and um, and I'd asked her out. And I think her first date, she brought a friend. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah, she's like this guy keeps asking me to dance. I'm yeah. kind of scared. Oh, I, I promise you, I didn't ask her to dance after that. I <laughs> didn't want to run her off. So, yeah. and then um, you know we we just reconnected that way, and then uh, we started a date. And um, I was coming out of a, a relationship I'd been in uh, for a couple years, and um, it was um, you know I was getting it was like after high school, I guess. Yeah. I was starting to um, starting to kind of look for a mate. Nobody wants to admit that. Right, when you're yeah. 18, 19 years old. My mom always told me, you marry who you date. You yeah. know? And, um, and you know, the girlfriend that I had, man, we fought all the time. Um, uh, she really didn't, I'm not going to say she didn't get along with my parents. It was just sort of awkward. It wasn't, it didn't flow right. very well. And um, anyway, so um, I got out of that relationship. And I was, I was actually pretty prayerful about trying to find a mate because um, I didn't like dating. Uh, I didn't like the uncertainty. I didn't. I yeah. don't like the games. The guesswork. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, just didn't like it. And I really, I really wanted to find a, a wife. And um, and and I guess in Sunday school or at church, you know, I'd heard you know talk about praying for for a wife and and I did and. Uh, Man, I, uh, I'm glad I did. Yeah, Cause you ended I, up with Kate. Yeah, I ended up with a ended up with a good one. Yeah. How long have y'all been married now? Twenty two years. Well, yeah, just uh, recently, right? Yeah, I mean, February just, the twenty fourth. I put you on the spot. You, <laughs> I had I had to think back a couple. Of you know, now and you got children as well. Now mm-hmm. they're they're grown pretty much. Children. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us just briefly about them? Yeah. Um, my, my first one was Josh. Um, uh. He's 19. He turned 19 in December. And um, Kate and I have been married about three years before we started trying to have kids. And then uh, we had Josh, and I named him after my my two best friends in life was Josh Everett and Josh Cagle, my cousin. Uh-huh. And that's where he got his name. And then I always really liked Joshua from the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where he got his name. But when we were trying to, to figure out you know, what we would name it if it was a girl. Lucy Kate was something that we had settled on. And um, and then, you know, a couple of years later, we got pregnant again, and it was a girl. And so we already had that name picked out. And Lucy is, um, she'll be 17 in March, and during, right during turkey season. <laughs> I, I didn't plan that very well. But I, <laughs> Yeah, and I feel I feel old thinking back. I know they're that old now. I can't believe it. That's now you you do have a story about her being born because you I heard it recently because oh, it was during turkey season. What and what you told the cow? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had um, when we when we were first married. Um, of course, getting used to living with one another and getting to know each other that was a that was a a lot. More difficult than I ever thought it would be. It is for um, a lot of people, yeah. And my hunting schedule was sort of not a big deal when we were dating, and then when we were married, uh, especially when when kids came along, um, it there was times where you know that was a source that was a sore spot. Yeah. Um, 
And I was selfish. I, I'll admit it. I was selfish. I was going to hunt and I was going to do what I wanted to do. And I was going to go fishing. And, um, you know, you want a baby, I got you a baby. There you go. I'm going hunting, you know? <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, it, and, and I was, it's not how I was raised. I mean, so, I mean, it was just me being selfish for sure. But, uh, when we got pregnant with Lucy, we knew that the, it was going to be in March. And I was like, you know, turkey season opens right at the end of March. I was like, that is not going to be good for me. And, and I was, of course, I was joking with her. And I, and I told her, I was like, well, I'm going to bring my shotgun to the hospital because <laughs> I was like, I'll sneak away. You know, after you have the baby, you got nurses helping you. I'll go hunting and I'll be back. And, oh, man, that didn't go over well. well. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine not. I imagine not. Well, I... I appreciate you. I, I will say this. I, well, let me. Let me. Oh, I, you got I mean, more. I, I got to talk about Lucy. I don't want. I don't, oh, don't leave her out. Don't want to leave Lucy out. Lucy's seventeen. Um, Josh, um, he works uh, for one of the guys at church here, uh, doing underground utilities. Um, he was played football from the time he was six. You know, all the way up. Mm. Um, never was very interested in um, in going to college. Really wasn't interested in school. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, uh, he he chose to uh, to go into the trades and and uh, really proud of him. He's done a good job. He's yeah. he's a good kid, huge heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and then Lucy probably couldn't be any different than <laughs> Josh. Um, uh, she uh, has my attention span. That's for sure. When she was a little kid, I mean, if. Uh, commercial came on tv she was done with the program and it's like too long yeah and uh lucy she's a volleyball player and has played you know travel volleyball and and done all that and um anyway she's uh i knew when she got her driver's license i'd probably never see her again (laughs) and she stays on the road so now josh was always a homebody stayed at home a lot lucy likes to go and she's definitely making plans on college she's um, wow. she's really smart and i mean she's she she enjoys school she played school when she was little so it's no surprise there but uh <laughs> mm. but uh yeah my both my kids are 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 good kids lucy's lucy's big hearted too uh she's in a in a little different way they're they're similar but different yeah. i guess yeah. but uh love both my kids well that's what i was about to say is like it's clear that you and Kate have loved them well because they are good kids, both of them. Um, I love Josh to death. He called me yesterday making sure that the doors at 2820 didn't get broken down because there was somebody <laughs> trying to visit when the doors were locked. Close, but, yeah. but, but I, you know, I'll say I, I love your family. Actually, I, one of my memories, my child rolled over the first time at your house. We were at your house in Porter, rolled over. And like that's not a big deal to many people, but <laughs> yeah, that's how long we've been friends. And I've watched your kids grow up, and they are uh, they're good examples. They're good people trying to follow Jesus. So yeah. um, I appreciate that, Lucas. What about you know? So maybe maybe talk a little bit about what you currently do, like what your where your what your occupation is. But more than that, maybe the path that got you to that point because i understand it wasn't easy there's some ups and downs wasn't and maybe talk about those ups and downs you experienced in your career field uh-huh. well how long do you have here uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're here with um, you <laughs> i had um 
when I started off in in working, um, I didn't go to. I, I went to college. Um, it was what everybody did. I didn't want to go to college. Um, I was paying for my tuition and books, and I was working, you know, working a lot of hours. Um, and I definitely liked the working part better. Um, it paid, um, yeah. and and I, mm. I just. I was never a really good student at school, and it was my own fault. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to be a good student, um, and um, so I, I quit college a couple years in, and I, the only thing that I really finished in college was my fire science classes, which that was the only thing that was really easy for me. Uh, I was into it. I wanted to be a firefighter like my dad. Where were you? Where were you going to college at the time? Went to Calhoun. Calhoun. Okay, I went. And, I graduated there too. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I was, I started at J.F. Drake, and yeah. I was going to do heating and cooling, and I, because th- everything that I always kind of planned on was what else I was going to do besides be a fireman, um, because that was kind of, you know, the career path that I set out for. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the f- when I was first eligible to take the fire department test. I had to be 19. My brother and I could take it at the same time. And he was fixing to get married. And he was like, don't go for it this time because I don't want it to come down between the two of us. And he said, you know, I'm fixing to get married. I really need the job. Just if you would, just wait. And so I was like, okay. You know, uh, so I waited. Um, And I pursued sales. I, I always felt like I was... Good at talking. My Uncle John, uh, was, I always looked up to my Uncle John. He was always a really good salesperson, and he kind of pushed me that direction. Um, me and him scuba dove together, and um, that was kind of what he and I had talked about me doing. Yeah. And um, anyways, um, I um, the only sales job that I could kind of get was like a sales and service type thing because I didn't have a degree, you know. And, yeah. and back then – and I probably even now, I don't know. Nobody hires a salesman that doesn't have a degree, really. Um, and so um, I went to work for Safety Clean, and um, I was running a route with parts washers and stuff like that. And then Safety Clean went into bankruptcy. And so I had just got married uh, when when that happened. And I was, you know, I was like, oh, man, we bought a new house. You know, we got cars. Well, you know, I can't lose my job. Um, and so I took an interview with um, with CentOS, uniform company, mm-hmm. and took the job there. And I thought, man, this would be easier. All you have to do is carry clothes around. It was not easier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was not easier. Uh, that, was a, that was a tough job, uh, especially being just married. I had to be in Decatur every morning by 4. And... I would I was up at three every morning, and then my route was in Florence. Oh wow! So I was, I mean, those were some long days, and I was home long enough to eat and go to bed, and I was irritable and miserable. Oh, I can imagine. Because uh, yeah. you know they kept saying you'll get used to it. You get. I don't know if you ever get used to getting up at three in the morning. Um, that was that was tough. That was a really tough time, and you talk about challenging with your marriage and and everything um i was never there um and i didn't even have time to look for another job Mm. um so um i'm waiting on the fire department to hire again and it's like 
not happening. They they just they just don't need personnel. And so, um, I remember I was sitting in my truck at a lumber yard where um, I was doing uniforms, and I mean I was I was literally praying, please God, help me find something else, you know, because it was gonna have to come to me, you know. I I I I, I couldn't interview in midnight. You right. Know? Yeah. And um, I got a call. Uh, it was a guy that um, went to my church, offered me a job being a, a job manager for a construction company. Um, I had limited construction experience, uh, to say the least. I mean, I had been a nail driver, basically, and <laughs> cleanup guy. And um, he offered me the job. It was a <clears throat> pretty significant pay cut. And I. Man, I took it. I mean, I'm on the spot. I mean, I over the phone. He's like, "Oh, come talk to us." I was like, "Okay, but I'll take it." You know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm talking to you now. Yeah. Let's take that as. And so I was really ready to to get you know get out of the the sales and service uh, with that job. It just did not fit um, what what I was needing at the time. Yeah. And um, so I, I took that job, and. Um, I was I was good at it. Um, I, I felt like I was good. They might say something different. I don't know, but uh, it was Hoover Restoration huh. yeah. and yeah. Um, Tony. Tony Hoover and yeah. Tony Pacinos. Uh, they hired me and and trained me and tolerated my mistakes and um, ignorance. Um, you know, learning their trade mm-hmm. and um, and you know <clears throat> they went to church with me, so I, I knew them from from church Sunday school mm-hmm. and um, I. Um, I started to feel the itch to 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 do it for myself, and um, I got an uncle, um, Steve, that uh, has a trucking company, and Uncle Steve was was pretty successful, and uh, I'd worked for him when I was a little kid, washing trucks and mm-hmm. servicing trucks, and then my uncle John, he had his own business, and he was really successful, and well, I started thinking, man, I I think I I think I could do this you know, for myself. Yeah. And, um, and so Kate was pregnant with Josh and he was six months out and I quit my job. And, um, that was, that was tough. Um, everybody wants to be encouraging until they say that you're really going to do it. And (laughs) and it's like, are you sure? Uh, (laughs) What are you doing now? And, um, and it was it was scary. I didn't didn't have anything going, um, and wasn't sure what I was gonna do. Um, I just knew that I was gonna go towards construction. And I had a, a business partner at the time, um, and man, we were cutting grass, uh, washing cars. I mean, just whatever you know to make ends meet and uh, make some money. And um, and man, we were we were fairly successful. I mean, we we started figuring out. I I really thought I knew what I was doing. You know, I had worked for Hoover and and had been running these jobs and and you know turning a profit for these guys. And I was like, man, I you know I've got this figured out. And man, I didn't have anything figured <laughs> out. I mean, I it couldn't be any further from the truth. Mm. And along the way, the fire department. About the time I kind of got my legs under me a little bit, the fire department called. Now that where the the blue sheet came out, they called, mm-hmm. and I was like. Well, here's my shot, you know, and they had adopted a new physical test that was more difficult 
and um, they had these classes that you could take at Drake Tech to kind of get you ready for the for the written test, which was the only part that I kind of feared because I wasn't really good at taking tests. I wasn't really good at school. Sure. And um, I had um, took that class, and I was running, and I was getting myself physically ready. And right before I walked in to take that test the first time, the one of the first big construction jobs that I took, I got a call from the guy, and he told me he was going to sue me before I walked in there. Oh, and, um, and it was, it was my own ignorance. Um, I'd gotten my contractor subcontractors license. I didn't have my builder's license. I wasn't supposed to be doing a job that big Mm. and I couldn't pull permits for myself, things like that. And I knew it. I was trying to fly under the radar and this guy had got a stop work order on his house and he got really excited and almost gave me a heart attack before I walked in to take the biggest test of my life at the time. Mm-hmm. And wow. so I made an 81. I don't even know how I did that. I couldn't hardly write my name when I walked in there. I was so nervous um, because of the news. I, I really wanted out of there so I could start trying to fix that problem. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, at the time, you had to make an 87 to even be considered. Mm. And, um, and so I made an 81. And then, uh, so it's, you know, back to work and, um, started, um, growing that business and, you know, I was working a lot. Um, and of course we, you know, we had Josh and then Lucy comes along and man, it was, um, it was a struggle. I mean, we, you know, we, uh, my partner and I had parted ways and I was trying to do it on my own. And then um, I had um, I had hired a guy to work for me to help me out, and I know I'm probably jumping around a little bit, but no. trying to condense it some. But um, just tell it, we're good. Um, yeah. I hired this guy to work for me uh, to help me, you know, r- kind of run my jobs, kind of like what I was doing for Hoover. And um, anyways, um, at church they had talked about having a mission trip to Baja and they'd asked me to go the year before and I told them no and I told myself I'll go next year next year I'll be in a better place I'll go next year you know well it came time to go I wasn't in a better place <laughs> and, <laughs> and and I told them I'd go uh, I didn't have the money to go didn't know how I was going to go I told them I would and um so I had to borrow the money from a from a guy that I was doing work for to to go and um me and my brother went and while i was gone they had a a failure on um we put faucets in on a job and one of the lines blew out flooded the upstairs bathroom i mean basically flooded this whole house people were out of town they had no idea their their daughter went over to check on the place and water running out the front door Oh, man. So I was like, oh, my goodness. So, I mean, it was, I, I was thinking I was done for. Um, and I come home from Baja, back to to sell service, what little bit there there was. And I call and find out all this has happened. And then I found out that the check I'd written to my insurance company bounced right before I left. Oh, my goodness. And so... <clears throat> 
luckily, um, one of the subs that had worked on the, the plumbing there, uh, his insurance covered it. Oh, man. Um, I, I still got sued uh, for that one um, before it was all over with. And I didn't really think that part was fair, but I had to pay the money. And that was a, man, you talk about, you know, why me? Yeah. You know, I'm 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 going on a mission trip. I'm fulfilling my obligation. I'm doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing, and I just keep losing. I can't win. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> so I um, I wound up changing direction. I went from doing a little bit of everything, and one of the guys on the mission trip, um, he had a dirt business. And he needed somebody to do curb and gutter. Mm-hmm. I'd never, re- I'd seen concrete poured. I didn't know anything about concrete. <laughs> and uh, and he was like, you know, man, it's easy. You just, you know, you set the forms up. You can just kind of screed it off and broom it. It's no problem. And I'll give you all the work you want. And the guy that was working for me, um, he decided to come aboard and be my partner because he had some money and I didn't. And we didn't have money to buy forms. Um, And we got our, we bought our forms and and started um, gearing up for that. Had to hire a guy to show me how to do it the first time. We had no idea how to do it. And um, we did a church parking lot, and I'm not even going to tell you where it was. It looks terrible. But. Every time you go by there now, you're like, oh, man. Oh, it was it was bad. Um, and we stumbled our way through that, and that seemed like, you know, I don't know if this is for me. I didn't mind the hard work. We weren't good at it, you know, didn't know anything. I mean, we were just completely lost. Mm. And um, that guy came to work for me after that job, and... We continued to to learn, and the the fellow that I went to church with, um, he I didn't even know what stuff paid. I didn't know like how much curb was worth. I didn't, you know, and so he was, you know, just like, hey, this is how much it pays, and he would, you know, pay me to do it. Well, then his son had a a dirt business, and we started working for them as well. And along the way. I had taken the fire department test a couple of times, did progressively worse every time I took it. Um, And so I was kind of thinking, okay, that ship has sailed. And I couldn't figure out why. I I would pray um, to to be a firefighter, and I thought, you know, I'm wanting to do something to help people, and I don't know why God wouldn't let me do that. I I was so frustrated with that because I was like, you know, I don't. I just don't understand. It's. I don't think it's a job for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was for me. And you know, God, I just felt like it was just holding out on me. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, and and so I mean, I was very frustrated about that. And um, yeah, I continued to kind of stumble and stagger in the construction business. And um, I remember distinctly. Uh, I it had just gotten to where I was just overwhelmed with um, anxiety, just worrying constantly. You know, it's like the harder I worked, the less money I made. Um, and I was sitting on my couch 
It was about three in the morning, and I my heart was pounding out of my chest. I was thinking I was going to have a heart attack, um, and I was like, you know what, God, is if you want it, come get it. You can have all this. Just let me keep my wife and kids. You can have the rest of it. I'm done. Um, I had about worried myself to death, and now I had put myself in a terrible position because I think I've made every poor financial decision a person could possibly make mm. along the way too. Uh, when I said I didn't know what I was doing, getting into business, I didn't know anything about money. I didn't know anything about saving money. I just wanted to make a bunch and look rich, you know? Mm. And, um, mm. and I, I tell you what, I'd, I'd really put myself in a, a bad situation and Kate, uh, as well. Um, uh, she's, you know, um, we, I tried to make it to where she could come home and she did for, for times. And then she'd have to go back to work and I'd feel like, you know, just a total failure. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't affording my kids the same opportunity that I got to be at home with my mom, you know, when I was a kid. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> I finally, you know, I just sort of relented to, you know, you know, God just, it, it, if you, if you want it, come get it. And, that was a turning point for me. Um, it was, I, I always say that God, he force fed me some humble pie. And um, I, 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 I thoroughly believe God was never going to let me fix my situation. Um, I had to ask for his help. And when I did, it was like everything changed. We still had, we still went through hard things, you know. We still had close calls. There were times when, you know, it was like, man, there's no work. What are we going to do? And as you go through those storms along the way, you you learn that. And and I've Doug's heard me say this before. If God wants you broke, you're gonna be broke. You can't outwork him. I tried, yeah. and. Um, and so uh, I quit trying, you know, and just started just following the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go to work. I work as hard as I can. And I do as I try to make the best decisions I can. But I'm way more prayerful about my my decisions than I ever was, you know, before. And, you know, whatever measure of success that, that I've reached or will reach, I can promise you it is not my doing. Um, God has a purpose for whatever he blesses me with, <clears throat> and and I just try to be mindful of that. Um, I watched a, um, a video. It was Nick Saban, and he was talking about how um, he prays to be a blessing to other people. And... I thought that was that was pretty interesting, and and that's something that I I incorporate into my prayer, mm-hmm. is that I want I want to be a blessing to others, and you know, and if God chooses to 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 bless me, and He has, He has overwhelmingly blessed me. Uh, I'm I do way better than I deserve, um, and um, and so I, I just I try to keep that in perspective. You know the the I finally, as 
as things progressed, I had um, um, 08 when we had we had built our business up where we had a curb machine. We were doing subdivisions and road work, and I was making more money than I thought I'd ever make in my life. I mean, it was like, you know, finally, finally, it's it's working out. You know, yeah. we're we're making money and and <laughs> and things are going well. And then <clears throat> the recession of '08 hit, and it was tough. I mean, at one time, yeah, you know, I had you know twenty something guys working for me, and we were you know doing all these subdivisions, and 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 uh, we were doing them for Breland. Uh, and so yeah. even when the recession hit, we still had work. Uh, Mr. Breland was buying <laughs> properties that were foreclosures and things, and he was going ahead and finishing them out. So we were still working. Now the prices went significantly down. Yeah. And so we were just sort of maintaining. We had paid all of our equipment off, and we were just keeping our guys, and we had whittled it down to the ones that our core group. Mm-hmm. And um, fire department was hiring. I was 31 years old, and I thought, Man, I am probably too old to do it. Um, I had still had my partner that I started with, uh, with Curb, and um, I didn't want him to think that I was trying to bail on him because it was getting tough. I'd been through tough times. I'd go through another one. I was not gonna gonna run out on him. And I had a conversation with him. You know, hey, fire department's hiring. I'll go take the test if you if you want me to, but if you want me to stay, I'm with you. I will ride it to the ground, whatever you want to do. And he was like, man, you need to go take that test. And um, I went and took it. They had lowered the standards to 70. I thought I could make a 70. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can play that game. Yeah. yeah. I was uh, concerned about the uh, somewhat about the physical side uh, just because I was older. I was in good shape. Um I finished concrete every day, so yeah. I mean it was. Um, I wasn't in poor shape, mm-hmm. um, and this time, um, man, I passed the test, um, and I took the physical agility test and blew right through it. Um, I remember I was sitting at Columbia High School, and we were doing the the tennis court, and I was fixing to move my backhoe to another job out off in Athens by the Elk River. And that's where I was when I got my call to come to an interview. And I knew that if I could get an interview, I'd get the job. Uh, I knew enough of the guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've always interviewed well because God ever gave me a gift. It was the gift of Gab. (laughs) And, um, and so, um, I interviewed and, um, man, they, they hired me and, you know, I, I sold out um, my the curb business to my my business partner who is still doing it and doing well and been very successful. Um, and then um, went to work for the fire department, and then I, you know, got what I got what I finally wanted, and uh, took a humongous pay cut uh, <laughs> to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, but it was. After after I started with the fire department, I you know I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do because um, the training is like six months. You know where you're in class all day, 
then you read till you go to bed and you take a test the next day and you got to maintain, you know, your score. And that was what I was not good at, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which actually I, I did fairly well in rookie school. But as I got older, you know, I, I guess I matured to where uh, the book stuff was, you know, I, I always, my mom always told me you could do it if you want to, you just don't want to. And so, <laughs> so that came true. So that came true. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so, um, I, st- I started pouring concrete again and uh, finishing and um, built a crew back up and was was doing doing pretty good. Um, <clears throat> I just um, was really looking for something else to get into that wasn't concrete finishing um, because it was uh, it was tough. I worked 24 hours and I'm off for 48 hours and it never fails the 48 hours I was off. It'd be raining. And those are the days oh, yeah. I need to pour. Yeah. And yeah. so um, um, I, w- I wanted to get into concrete pumping, I thought. We'd, um, I'd, I'd looked into that a couple times. And um, I was having trouble keeping help. You know, it's like I, because there's not too many guys that want to work two days and then take off a day and work two days. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I had fought it as long as I could. My brother had talked about coming and working with me. Uh, he didn't know anything about concrete either. He had worked in building cabinets. And yeah. he, my brother's way more gifted than me. Um, he's really smart. Um, and when it comes to woodwork and anything to do with trim, and he's like a, he's an artist. I mean, a guy can do it, whatever. Um, and I was like, man, why in the world would you want to come do concrete work? But um, <laughs> I... I, I didn't want to partner with my brother because we have to have Christmas together. Yeah. You know, if it doesn't work <laughs> out, I mean, I'd been in some pretty good arguments with partners. I knew that was a tough, tough deal. Uh, but I needed the help. I needed somebody that was equally invested um, to help me with it. And so Ryan came aboard. Uh, we started working together. And um, we finished concrete for for a long time together and um i guess he had to pay his dues as well uh on that side of things and then we one of the the pumping businesses that serviced huntsville um had the the line pumps that you pull behind a truck the smaller pumps yeah uh the guy got lung cancer and we actually we used him a lot, you know, when we would do like patios or things in the backyard, you'd have to call this guy and he'd come out and pump the concrete for you. Well, I saw that as a a niche. Not everybody's pumping. There's a lot of finishers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'd thought about doing it and then just kind of, eh, you know, I don't know. And um, then when that fellow passed away, uh, they closed his business down, and like he was one of the, one of two companies in Huntsville that that was even doing it at the time. And so, we were paying our concrete bill one day, and I I told my brother I was like, we're buying a concrete pump, and um, we um we drove to Louisiana like two weeks later, and we bought our first pump. Didn't know the first thing about pumping, <laughs> and um, <laughs> which seems about. According to the story we're hearing, it seems about right for all of your businesses. I didn't know what I was doing, so here we go. Let's start a business. Well, and (laughs) that's um, and I, I 
attribute that to, you know, I, I always pray before I start any venture, God, if, if this is a good thing, if this is what you want me to do, let it happen. If not, take it away. Just take it away completely. And there's been things that I just knew were going to happen that God took away. And then you wrestle with being mad about stuff that God took away. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like, well, I asked him to. He did what I asked, so <clears throat> I, I can't be mad about that. Yeah. Um, but the, the pumping, um, and we bought our first one, and we were still finishing. And um, we were, um, you know, doing well. Um, the finishing was consuming all of my time because the estimating and, you know, watching the jobs and running materials and, you know, just we were doing commercial and residential. We were doing um, both. And then we were trying to get the pumping started. And um, um, I finally made the commitment. I, well, I spoke with the other guy in town, and he is a really good guy, Christian guy. His name was Roger Thompson at Thompson Concrete Pumping. And uh, I called Roger, and I was like, hey, Roger, uh, you know, I knew him. He had pumped concrete for me. And I was like, listen, I bought a concrete pump. And I was like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to infringe on your business, but there's more here than you or I can do. If, if we can share the work back and forth, man, I think it would be really good for both of us. He's like, man, you know, it's, it's funny that you called. He's like, I've, um, I'm thinking about taking a preaching job in Arizona. <laughs> and he was like, won't you buy me out? And I was like, well, I mean, you know, let's get together and talk. And Roger was the type of guy that um, if you were around him and you told him that your mom was sick, he'd stop what he was doing, he'd pray for your mom right there. Um, you know, very good guy. I mean, it, it was, mm-hmm. you know, had that, that, that type of faith that um, – that you'd like to have, oh, yeah. you know, unashamed, yeah. unashamed. I mean, the guy was uh, a great guy. Long story short, he took the job in Maricopa. Uh, he's got a church out there. We bought the the business and a ringing phone, and um, we I wound up doing away with the finishing side and sold that off and focused all of our efforts on, on pumping. And then... Going into that fall, we we bought a third line pump because two calls and you were busy. And on when you have short days in the wintertime, you know, you, you the only way to, to do more work is have more equipment. So we bought yeah. some more. And um, and our banker, I guess, church with us. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's um, man, it, really, really great to deal with. Um, he's helped us tremendously. Um and um, so we we had were just doing the line pumps and and we're running that and man it was it was going really good um, you know things were I mean it was it was tough I mean it you know you had pumps breaking down and we were learning as we went um, mm-hmm. we were blessed with some 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 good guys that came to work for us that helped us out you know and um, and then um, we decided we were going to try to get into the boom trucks, the big trucks. Yeah. And, uh, you see that, those everywhere now. Yeah. And at the time there was one company in Huntsville yeah. that had boom trucks and there was, um, you know, we poured with them, you know, and, um, I was scared to death. Those trucks are very expensive. 
Oh, and yeah. you talk about not knowing anything. I didn't know anything about a boom pump. I mean, <clears throat> line pumps, drastically different than a boom pump. Yeah. It's the same premise. They work the same. But, you know, it's a lot more intimidating. Mm. I mean, they're big. You can really hurt somebody uh, with a boom pump or yeah. a line pump, rather. But um, So we we actually, it, it's funny, um, when going back to my curb days, um, we bought our curb machine and we had spent the money to buy this curb machine. We had made a deal with a guy and had built all the structures in the subdivision really cheap to get the curb work because we'd never run a curb machine before. We didn't know anything about it. And I'd watched a lot of YouTube videos. I was pretty sure I could do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But That's how we learn everything. Yeah. And um, that guy, when it was time to start the curb, uh, the man pulled in with a low boy with a curb machine on it. I was like, hey. And what's he doing here? He's like, I'm sorry, man. I can't let you practice on me. And I was like, you got to kid me. I mean, I we just paid $80,000 for a curb machine. Um, and um, and I said, man, we've got a contract. He said, sue me. Wow. And um, so, I mean, we were just, I mean, at that at that point, you you know, you're thinking, oh my, what am I going to do with this thing? Yeah. You know, nobody wants to use a new guy. Yeah. You know, same thing happened uh, with the boom truck. Um, this everybody was, man, you should, y'all should buy a boom truck. You should buy a boom truck. You know, we'll use you. You know, there's only one company in town. And um, finally had a guy. He's like, I got a subdivision. I'll give you every house slab in it if you'll buy a boom truck. You can pour them all. And we had tried to buy boom trucks before, and you'd like put money down, and they'd sell before you could even before you could even get them and so i told ryan i was like i think thank god's trying to tell us something maybe we should just back away and focus on what we're doing here yeah and we'll just we'll wait well then when this popped up i was like we'll just buy a new one uh we don't know anything about them we're not going to have a backup truck we should probably try to buy a new truck um so that we get started on the right foot and um that's where um my banker, who believes in me more than I do, I think, uh, <laughs> he said, he said, get it. And uh, we bought it. Never poured the first slab in that subdivision. Oh, man. Um, mm. God, I mean, it just went away. <clears throat> and um, <laughs> and so it was like, you know, and now, you know, curb machines, there are um, curb machines are expensive. Um, boom trucks are a lot more expensive. <laughs> um, my, my first boom truck, um, it costs more than my house. Um, and <clears throat> then, you know, that, that work gets removed. Um, luckily we had some guys that were, that we were pumping for with the line pumps that, you know, they let us come out and, and learn on them because I mean, we didn't know how to run the controls. We were beating them to death, you know, uh-huh. and, um, trying to, they sent a guy here to, to put one in service for you. And that guy can't even show you how to run it. He can tell you how it works. He can tell you how to build it, but he can't tell you how to run it. <laughs> and so it is, you know, you just you, trial by fire. You just have to learn. <clears throat> and um, anyways, so, um, and then, I mean, it's it's grown from there. And uh, we've got seven boom trucks now. And um, 
and I have a hydraulic shop that we started to service, you know, our hydraulics on our on our boom trucks because we were having to drive all the way to Decatur to have our our hydraulics fixed. There wasn't a hydraulic shop in town. I didn't know anything about hydraulics, um, I, <laughs> but I had a guy that did. Um, my my mechanic, um, he's got a degree in it, and um, you know, he fixed um, fixed one of my trucks that. The, the other place that had for seven days, he fixed in 45 minutes. <laughs> and um, I told my brother, I said, we're starting a hydraulic shop. And I opened that shop, and, um, and we've been in business there for two years, um, wow. fixing hydraulics and um, and running running concrete pumps. And so... Mm. so it's so Surely sometimes you've got to, like, look around right now and go, what? Because just... From my position, when I sit here and I listen to the story about, I, God must have given you some resilience and some drive that I don't have, because I would have went and found some other job. I would have went. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have kept pushing that way. Um, and I, I really, I really think it's amazing um, that you've landed where I mean where you are. Well, I. Sitting here and looking back over my life <clears throat> at how things worked out, you know, my dad taught me how to work hard. Mm-hmm. Coach Bennett taught me how to be really tough. My Uncle John showed me how to be a Christian businessman, you know, and then I went rogue for a little while and tried to do it on my own, and God showed me how to be faithful to him. Yeah. And and so... um the reason I didn't get the job at the fire department, um, God gave me a not now answer, yeah. and 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 mm. thank God He did, you know, because because now I was able to stumble through my business life, and and learn the only way I've ever learned anything is the hard way, but He He allowed me to learn what I need to learn, and so now my brother and I are in business together, and. And I feel like we've we've done well. We've, you know, by my standards, uh, we've done well, and I, I'm proud of what we've what we've done, and and that's why I say it, it was it was never me. It was, you know, God is as when you when you look back over the journey, you can point to the people who gave you the tools to be the person you are right now. Yeah, you know, this is one of my questions, but I feel like you've just almost answered is how have you experienced. Uh, th- through all your journey, how have you experienced faith, and what have you learned from this? But that's kind of what you were just saying. It's just that God is present, and we may not always know how He's working in and out of our lives. But even in those down times, He's bringing you to this this moment in time and place, and and um, He's got bigger plans, f- maybe for us. But it may be for other people too. Now you're employing people. Now you're getting to pour into different people's life that you wouldn't have had the opportunity to touch. That I don't have the opportunity to touch as a minister. You know, I mean, to be fair, your your employees that come and work for you are not always the same people that come into Mayfair, right? You know, they're not going to be those people necessarily. They may be, but more than likely, they're coming from a different area in life. And you have an opportunity to touch something now, and especially because of your journey, that I feel like God is really uh, 
Allow, it sounds like it allowed you a lot of life lessons. Sure. Um, that stink, but well, it's it's perspective, you know, and and um, <clears throat> we've talked about this in Sunday school class. You know, it's like nobody wants to go through these storms in life, and you know, I I, I read these business books and listen to motivational stuff and things like that, and. And everybody, you know, all the, the adversity makes you stronger. And, yeah, it does. Adversity makes you stronger, and everybody wants it to go away, you know. And <clears throat> one thing that I've really learned is to pray for for God to show me what you want me to learn from this. Yeah. Because, I mean, the the whipping hurts, you know what I mean? <laughs> and and so it's like, uh, let's let's get this over with. But um, that's, that's one thing I've learned is... Um, you know, you've got to look for the blessing in the storm. It's there, uh, and 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 it may take a few years to see it, uh, because, buddy, when you're when you're when you're right in the middle of it, man, it's it's tough. It's mm-hmm. tough. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd heard a preacher say one time, you know, that you got to go through these storms. You can't stop in the middle of it and stay there. You got to go out the other side and then learn. Mm-hmm. So. I was going to say, I, there's probably some folks, maybe some folks listening that may be in the middle of that right now, like in a really, you know, not dark time or challenging time in their life or career. And uh, you may have already, but you know, what would you, if they're listening, it's not like you already said, part of it is you just got to walk, you're going to have to walk through this. But is there anything else you would tell them to maybe help them as they're facing what they're facing right now? Um, I would say <clears throat> don't quit. You can't quit. Um, it's it's quitting's easy. Um, there's um um unbelievable urge to quit. Um there's uh you feel a responsibility to quit at times. But um uh one of the one of the motivational speakers that I listen to is Eric Thomas and um he's called the hip hop preacher. And um, he he says, you've, you've come this far and you've suffered this much. Get something for it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't mm-hmm. stop. And um, it's, um, you know, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's easy to quit. And I jokingly say a lot of times a smarter guy would have quit a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but it's, um, you know, you... You have to be open to change, and you have to be prayerful about what you're doing. Hey, maybe God is 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 giving you a not now answer. Maybe He's leading you down another path. You got to be willing to make those changes. But at the end of the day, no matter what you do, you got to be able to take the punches. Yeah. And 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 you know, and and God has to. I mean, you have to lean on Him and and ride with Him because, man, I tell you what, you can't take those punches by yourself. Oh. I mean, I was going to say. I- I didn't mention much, but I I have to believe that Kate and others that were in your life have been in your life all along have had been kind of like that support system too. Mm-hmm. Besides your faith, that they're the ones that kind of stayed with you through all this process and kept. I would imagine encouraging you even when you felt like I don't know what I'm gonna do next. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kate. <clears throat> I mentioned it. You know, she was raised Catholic and and. Um, and as we were getting more and more serious and, you know, we'd reached a point and it was like, okay, I want us to be on the same page spiritually. And and listen, if, if, if you're, you know, 
stuck with with what you what with with being Catholic, that's fine. I you know, but but I really think that you know if we're gonna get married, we're gonna go any further, and we're gonna raise kids. We need to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And she started to come to church with me, and and you know, and she, and she became a Christian, uh, was baptized, and and of course, you know, um, I felt like that put a lot of pressure on me to 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 lead you know, as a, as a Christian. And for the longest time, you know, I felt like, man, she's, she's better at this than I ever was, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, but, you know, Kate's always been really supportive. Yeah. Um, yeah. and like I said, uh, man, when I prayed that prayer, God heard me. Mm. Yeah. Cause she's, um, she's, man, she's been a, just a great wife. Yeah. She's a good woman. Uh, both of y'all are. Well, Looks, I appreciate you coming in and being willing to share your story today. Yeah, um, for sure. It makes a difference. Um, and I know a lot of people that listen to this will know who you are and, and may even know you personally. Um, but I know you personally, and I consider you one of my best friends, like a brother to me. Um, and I love you and Kate. I love what God's doing in your life. And I, well, one of the things, I'll, I'll go home and I'll tell, you know, like I said, Lucas got me into all kind of unique hunting things now, so he's got me hanging from a tree in a saddle. But um, I'll go home and I'll tell Jessica, man, Lucas said this. And it's it, it'll be something about your journey with your people and how you've encountered something with somebody and you're wanting to pour into them. And, and it's always got a piece of God in it. It's never separated. And that was one of the reasons why I want you to come on this is like, it's clear, even as you've been talking today, that your life has had a, an interesting journey, but all throughout, and maybe not all throughout, maybe that was a part that came to be where, like you said, there was that one moment, that one defining moment that's like, okay, I'm done. I'm on your team now. It's I may choose this path, but if it succeeds, so be it. If it fails, so be it. And I've seen that, and I've seen you you come through that. and. I just want you to know I appreciate you. I love you, and I'm uh, I'm thankful that you came on here. I know it's going to make a difference in people's lives. Well, good. I for appreciate sure, you guys sure. having me. I love you guys. Um, I'll I'll say a prayer and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up. God, I'm thankful for Lucas. I pray for he and Kate and uh, those children. Father, I'm thankful for who uh, Lucy and Josh are as well, and and the blessing they are in this world. I pray for you to continue to bless that family so they can bless other families, so they can be a light in the community, so they can uh, not only employ people but uh, move people toward you because of their lives. Uh, um, Father, today I'm thankful for the words you spoke out of his mouth, and I pray that those who listen uh, find encouragement and benefit from this. In Jesus' name, amen. Our stories of brokenness, struggles, failures, and sin help others know that they are not alone. And that while we as a church are imperfect and broken, God has the ability to take our stories and to make them into a story that shines the light back on Jesus. And that's a beautiful thing. It's our hope that the people listening to this will find confidence in knowing that God can and will use your stories if you're willing to share it. We appreciate your comments and feedback on Unbroken Jars podcast. We'd also love to hear from you if you have a faith story you'd love to share. You can reach out to us at 
unbrokenjars at gmail.com. Please understand that our goal is always to honor God by the experience of real life stories and real faith that you hear on this podcast. May God bless your life as you live out your story of real faith in your own settings.